0: Damn, 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 son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 36 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, aka Tony Playboy, aka Kwame's Crown, aka Deep Down the Kwame Brown Hole. And I'm joined here by one of my nearest and dearest friends, Demarcus, aka, you got any AKAs for yourself?
1: Once again, I'm feeling a little golden. Uh, Warriors play, think they're going to make the playoffs. Whether or not it's a 7 or 8 seed, don't matter. That's my prediction. Uh, And that, for me, does everything because it proves all the Steph Curry haters wrong. Okay. I was almost going to give you one of my OG
0: AKAs, but I didn't want to put that one on you real quick. You know, but, but that one's coming back soon. All right. We have an exciting show for you all today. We are going to spill that tea on the Kwame Brown versus Matt Barnes versus Gilbert Arenas versus Steven Jackson versus all the smoke. Kwame Brown versus everybody. We are going to get into the NFC East and our predictions for the team. This these teams this year. We are going to give you our predictions for the first round of the NBA playoffs, and last but not least, we are going to give a big, big baller's bouquet to Vance McDonald. The, 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 the fly route pod, the fly route pod, the fly route pod, the fly route pod. Welcome to the tee-off. Oh. Oh,
2: spill that tea, sis.
0: This is how we like to start our show off. We like to spill some tea on our favorite athletes and some of the crazy situations they get themselves into. Today is a joyous tea-off day for me. We are going to talk about Kwame Brown and his beef versus everybody. Kwame versus everybody, right? For those who are not super familiar with Kwame Brown, Kwame Brown was the number one pick in the 2001 NBA draft he was drafted by the then Michael Jordan Washington Wizards and continued on to play 12 seasons in the NBA notoriously he is known for being quote unquote one of the biggest busts in NBA history titled by people like Stephen A. Smith famously right we all there's a great rant that he gave at one point in time that still lives to this day back when he had hair That's how old this rant is about Kwame Brown. But let's get into the meat of this. What's going on with Kwame Brown? Kwame Brown has been beefing with the host of All the Smoke as well as Gilbert Arenas. And basically anybody that Kwame Brown felt like had slighted him over the years. He had a lot to get off his chest. And Kwame Brown has been the butt of a lot of jokes for someone that was the number one pick in the NBA. Right? And this has been kind of crazy. So Kwame Brown came out. He had a lot of things to say, and a lot of people may have seen clips of this and clips of people's responses. You know, Steven Jack did a response. Gilbert Arenas did a response, kind of backing off. Matt Barnes has done a couple of responses, and he is not playing, right? But it was interesting to me because when this first happened, I I saw the viral clip of Kwame Brown going off, saying some of the things he said, which we'll play for you all a little bit later. And I was like, okay, damn, what happened? What made Kwame so mad? And then I, I saw Matt Barnes's response. He was like, I never said anything about you. I never came for you ever. I don't know why you coming for me. Then he came on the jump with Rachel Nichols, who also then caught astray from Kwame Brown. And he was like, I can't even understand why he would be mad at me. And the first thing I have to say is Matt Barnes is full of shit. Full of shit. Cause I I decided to go deep down the Kwame Brown hole before I before I came to talk to you all about this. You've Gotta do your research. Gotta know. Two episodes of All the Smoke came out in a month's span of time. They had three episodes, their last three episodes, they had Gilbert Arenas, then Shaq, then Jeannie Bus. On both the Gilbert Arenas and the Genie Bus episode, they talked mad fucking greasy about Kwame Brown. So when he was like, I have no idea why you would say I I said anything about you ever, Steve, like, look, Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, both playing pussy and both just, it is absurd that he ain't even fucking check before he put out that video. Cause like, yo, if you podcast, you talk a lot, you talk two, three hours at a time, you might not remember everything you say. That's reasonable. But that nigga went on live national television and was like, I can't even understand why Kwame would attack me.
1: Listen, to be fair, we the, the listeners at home have not heard the tape yet unless they've heard it outside of here. But I'll say this. I didn't know that much about it. From what I heard, it does not seem reciprocal <laughs> whatsoever. The criticisms of Kwame seem to be basketball related. Okay, and Kwame does not come for Matt Barnes or Stephen Jackson's basketball skills. He comes for them personally. And why are
0: they talking about Kwame Brown like that?
1: Listen, I, I think that's I, what
0: he's saying. He's like, "Bro, I haven't played
1: in what a decade." I'm plus? not going to defend that. That that's that's the smoke that they supposedly want. They can catch that. They can talk about whoever they want to talk about, but. I'm just gonna say Kwame's response seemed a little aggressive. Yes. I'm oh okay. So before we're gonna play the tape next, but
3: I
0: I will I will always say this because I strongly believe it. Once you come for a person, you do not get to define or feel any type of way about their response. Right? Reciprocity is not something in the real world. Even in the laws of war, people don't follow reciprocity. So as soon as you come for somebody. And you talk shit about somebody, do not, do not be like, yo, you went too far in the response. You know me personally, Demarcus. If if someone, if I feel slighted or if someone comes for me, I am not the type of nigga that will only come back in a reciprocal fashion. If I have to get active, I burn the shit down. And I always respect niggas who move in that way. If you feel like you have to get active, burn the whole fucking shit down. Let niggas know to keep their fucking name out your mouth. That is the type of person I've always been for better or for more frequently worse. And I will never front. For for more frequently worse than not. But I I I have no qualms with the way that he came for them because he was like, bro, why are you even talking about me? So let's first start with all the smoke, episode 81, Genie Bus. I'll fill you all in this conversation and she's talking about the trade for Paul Gasol and here, here's some of the tape. It was like, did you and guys now, thank
3: Jerry? Cause wasn't Jerry over in Memphis? That gave Jerry you guys was,
0: pal? <laughs> <laughs> well, we traded Mark, Mark Gasol, yeah, that's what people, right? People,
3: oh, you got him for nothing. Not <laughs> realizing that what you guys gave him yeah. was Mark Gasol
0: and Kwame Brown. And yeah. so, Mark um,
3: Gasol. and,
1: right. um, oh do
2: you played with mark no no, no, no this that was yeah. a one-man trade you just used the name he was the name which is there
1: so so now we get
0: pal we go hey. on this all
3: right you heard that right yeah i heard it genie
0: bus just saying hey we made a literal the facts of a trade kwame brown mark for paul Gasol. these and they they came for him they're like bro didn't even fucking exist not a human it being. was
1: unnecessary not absolutely. a not
0: a not a human being not a person just a one-for-one, even though it was a two-for-one trade.
1: I, I, I got to push back on the not a human being or a person. I think they're pushing back on his basketball skills, saying he did nothing for the trade. I think that's what they're saying. I don't think they're saying he's not a person. Didn't just say
0: Kwame Brown wasn't that good or had did
1: not have much trade value. They were like, it look, was look, a
0: one-person trade.
1: As you have said, many people have made fun of Kwame for a long time. I agree. They're trying to find a way to be original. Is it distasteful? Sure, Is it out of nowhere? Sure. But are they saying he's not a person? I don't think so.
0: All right. So it's important to me. uh, we, We will touch on this a little bit later, but many basketball players talk about it as a fraternity. Right. And they talk about it as what the media or other people will say about us is not the same as what other former players in this fraternity should speak about us on. This was a huge point of contention just recently uh, between Kendrick Perkins and Kevin Durant. But it's a He was of- like, you speaking like you not one of us. And the way that you talk about players now is not like you one of us. And it's fucked up. So I think you're like, you say, a lot of other people mm-hmm. have spoken about Kwame in this fashion. And Kwame, I think, is trying to say, as well as other major players have said, the way the media and other people speak about nba players and the way nba players should speak on
1: nba players should not be held to the same standard listen i i hear you i think that is a point of contention though among a lot of different former players who are now in the media and current players and it just i think that's gonna be a point of contention oh i agree I, i think from you know trying to tell the other side of the story the players who are now in the media are like i sure but i got a job to do as well like did they need to do that to do their job? No, did they did that need to add,
0: do add anything that. to their podcast? No, that's okay. just them being that's, hateful that, people. Period. Now let's move on to episode eighty-four with Gilbert Arenas. They overlap in the Wiz- at the Wizards at the same time, and Gil starts speaking on Quatman and I'm going to let y'all hear this as well.
3: I'm coming into. You know, remember Kwame Brown's there. So, he's the franchise first pick. Yeah, he's a he's a franchise, you know, yeah, um, Matt Matt was just talking the
2: uh the previous show we just had how good uh, Kwame was.
3: Y'all killed him, man. No, I
2: didn't no, say I mean, nothing Matt, about Matt, it. Matt was like that was one of the you know, top number one picks that ever ever around, right? Yo, so, yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying what well, Matt Matt said this shit. Matt, I had so, nothing to say. Matt didn't say shit. Matt yeah, said so. Matt said Kwame was one of the co- <laughs> one of the number, best number one picks ever of all time. He could have been he could have. He could have been. And this is why.
3: Imagine being an eighteen-year-old kid getting drafted number one by your your idol. Yeah. And your idol is Michael Jordan. Right. We know Michael Jordan. <laughs> we know Michael Jordan's personality. Right. Imagine that personality slapped him in the face. Going towards a eighteen-year-old kid. You know, yeah. just you know, just bullying him. You know, and you got to remember, he's around his peers. You're not his peer. Right. You know what I mean? You're not his peers. These are his peers. So when you're making him look little to his peers, he loses his confidence. So when I get there... He- All right, I'm going to leave it at that
0: because I think that we've got to the most part. They also call him a show pony in a little bit, but I don't want to play too long at the clip. And they say, you know, he's a looker, but he can't race.
1: Listen, in that, in that particular in the second one, that's a little bit more... At least on topic, it's not out of nowhere. Gilbert Arenas is just literally talking about and telling the story of, or his impressions, at least of Comet Brown when he was on the Wizards and what he happened. He got there. No, we Matt Barnes then, and Steven Jackson. They, did they say things to the effect that basically he was terrible? Yeah, yes. I he like it. Gil is not even getting to tell the full story. As soon as
0: his name comes up, they're like, "Hey, yo! Just the other episode, we was clowning this nigga." I'm not denying that they're clowning him. That's impossible. I'm not even saying like that. that, So you can understand how like how Kwame Brown after hearing this basically twice in a month. It's not like they clowned him once. They clowned him another time a while later. Twice in a month. Twice in three episodes. Decides that he's had enough. And it's crazy because ain't nobody ever really heard Kwame Brown fucking talk, bruh. Ever. No. Ever. Kids don't even know who he is. Exactly. So, like, when he decides to comfort comfort niggas next, I'm like, I right, then he's taking too much shit for far too long. I, like, l- let me get y'all into the Kwame Brown shit because there's some problem. There's a lot of problematic parts of it. I'm not going front on
2: people, but he he ain't playing. None of them talk about the analytics and why I was in the league so long. So Gilbert Arenas, he understood. Gilbert Arenas is the worst thing for niggas. He act like he like black folks. Him, Steven Jackson, all of them. And that little Matt Barnes, that little shit you did to put a battery in Jack back, that little tapping and all that little girl shit. I I, I used to like you, but now I see you one of them confused little light-skinned niggas that was never dark enough to hang with the black. so you had to act like a jackass to prove you was tough. And you was never white enough to be with the whites. So you just an angry little nigga. And so the shit you say is always aggressive and stupid. You don't know how to respect a man in his space. Nigga, I ain't never said nothing to you we all about you. So to go that far and tap and do all that little girl shit, what's wrong with you, niggas? Who raised you niggas to take food out of another man's mouth? Who raised you little Stephen A. million ass niggas to be so girly and, <laughs> and and had a look at you show. I thank you little girl ass niggas for the platform. I- All right. So that's actually where the
1: my second and third kind of points on the problem come in. A little homophobic. A lot of homophobic. OK, that's the first thing. That's a weird angle to take, like. Disagree, don't like the actions, a little homophobic. A Co- little colorism in there. A lot of colorism. <laughs> um, being light skinning and to do it with your personality. Okay. <laughs> you paused a little too long
0: there. I, I paused because I think he is not trying to... S- okay. So I think we are a product of our environments. He's oh, saying yeah. colorism and the way that you were treated because of colorism makes you who you are today. It's the reason why you're angry. It's the reason why I'm not saying these things are true, but I do think people are a product of their environment and the way that they were treated in their upbringing. Well, I'm not saying he's right, but I'm saying like... Well, I'm saying Kwame further perpetuates that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> the things... All the things Kwame said
1: were problematic. And I think... Like I said, Alec, I don't have a problem with him coming back at them any kind of way, even. It just seems like you shouldn't have to disrespect a whole bunch of other people. I, To come back at these two individuals. I'm with you. I am with you. If you're just like, I do not
0: like the words and the things that Kwame Brown said, sure. If you're like, I do not like Kwame Brown taking personal attacks at these men, I'm not with that shit. If if, if shots get sent your way, you send them back. Well, unless they're like homophobic. No, that's not what I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's. I'm like, personal attacks. Well, that, fine. well, that's my argument. The personal; those are the personal attacks, though. Yes, but you're you're missing what I'm saying. You're like the content of his personal attacks are bad, and I'm saying I agree they are problematic. But the fact that he took personal attacks and personal shots at them and did not talk about their basketball career, you should have no qualms with, even their media career. You like, should have no. I don't care. Even, I, even if it's something like, I do not care. Because he also goes on to talk about how Derek Fisher fucked uh, Matt Barnes' wife. He talks about it ad nauseum on multiple And that media. seems like it should be fair game. Is it? It's a personal attack. It has it's nothing the, to do with the game. It's been in the media. Everybody it don't matter. knows about it. It's a personal attack. It has nothing to do with his game. It has nothing to do with his media. That's much more fair ground than
1: the homophobic and colorist things that he said. You are missing my point. He continues and he he, he do not stop playing.
2: <laughs> Stupid motherfuckers. What the fuck Jack gonna help you with? You see how he talked to me? You look like you think that nigga gonna help anybody? That bitch ass nigga don't help nobody. All he wanna do is stand in front of pretty cars, make hoes, make he look good. Shut your ugly big tooth Roger Rabbit ass up, nigga. And- Are you okay with those attacks? Yeah. But they're personal, right?
1: That's fine? Okay. You little Becky with the blonde hair? I'm really want of- Are you okay with Becky with the blonde hair and Becky with the good hair? Mmm, seems borderline problematic. Why? Mm, can't put my finger on it, but I feel like
2: it's wrong. <laughs> I just, it's like okay. you know it when you see it. I I, I, I'm not, I, I feel you. i want to be done talking to you because you dangerous, boy. Anybody that's been emasculated like that around you, you probably got impotent issues, and can't even get it up. Goddamn team. You done saw... Uh, <laughs> it's sad, too, because uh, you done saw the man shower and everything. I hope he ain't bigger than you. <laughs> you done saw the man shower now you got to know this man putting that law to your lady. If you think you going to talk to me, bitch. You better shut your motherfucking mouth. I done not told you that boy. <laughs> you shut your goddamn mouth. You niggas keep trying to group up on me. I- All right.
0: If you didn't know the man in that, uh, the man he's referring to is Derek Fisher. That's a story for another time, but it's well documented. If you just Google Matt Barnes, Derek Fisher. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, we are we're, we're about the most at the end of this. Like he's made a bunch of personal attacks. Uh, Matt Barnes came out with another response, and he was like, I look, I invite you onto the show. We will will be in Atlanta. We will come to you. We can say all this face-to-face. You want to throw hands? Let's throw hands. Do it like men, he, he was like, let's go. All right, so what are your thoughts on, like, do you think they'll ever actually be in the same room and do the thing?
1: Do I think there could be an interview yeah small chance but yeah do i think they'll someone will let them fight outside of some like could it happen yeah i think it'd be like for charity or something i could see that especially with what kwame and if you listen to the more of the video kwame's message is that he has done things for his community etc so maybe if it's like for a charity or something i could see it happening perhaps but not high chances.
0: Uh, I'm with you. I, I, do, I do not disagree. I mean, Kwame took shots at other people like Stephen A.
1: Smith. He said he has smacked him so hard in the back of his head, it, like he got a toupee on. Kwame has said some, a lot of uh, controversial, possibly or probably problematic things. Oh,
0: definitely to lots say the least, of problematic I things. I can't
1: say that I've had time to peruse the entirety of his YouTube video history, but. There are a lot of things there. I've seen like at least three hours of Kwame Brown footage. Yeah, that's probably way too much. (laughs) From what I saw just scrolling through the names of his videos and the comments on the videos and a couple articles like SB Nation, ESPN about his channel, it sounds like there's some real... There's possibility that he defended Donald Trump. He has some pretty bad takes on Black Lives Matter, I think, possibly, and or black women. Okay. I... I... I definitely agree with the black women one. Like Like I said, not able to verify all of these. Allegedly. I can verify. I watched the motherfucking (laughs) videos. He was
0: just like, the reason why black people are still getting shot and dead in the street is because black women aren't trying hard enough to stop it. He gets on his little hotep thing. He's like, y'all the most powerful beings on the planet. If y'all really try, y'all can stop this, queen. (laughs) Look, yeah, see, that's why I'm not going to defend this nigga. (laughs) Look, you can defend some things and not the entirety of a person. That's all I'm saying. I don't have to be pro Kwame Brown to be pro Kwame Brown taking shots at the people that take shots at him. I'm pro anybody taking shots at the people that take shots at them. Period. He's the instigator.
1: And I guess oh, you know that's the uh, tea off. Yo, yo, you right? <laughs> oh, spit that tea, sis. Spit
2: that tea, sis. Y'all is Tony Playboy.
0: All right. All right. Let's get into the first round of the NBA playoffs. I want to start here. Did you know that the playing games aren't postseason
1: games, but also aren't regular season games? Yeah, I think that's going to be a glitch in the stats for now. I think probably they will retroactively call them playoff games because that's, I mean, kind of what they are. Like, they're definitely not regular season. They're postseason for sure. They're definitely postseason games and i think when you're accounting for a lot of these players' stats like you have to have some way to figure out if russ's assist in this in, in that game count for his hall of fame resume mm, that's fair and so you have to distinguish between it and decide what category it goes in at some point is it and it, I, I think there's a very clear argument it is logically not a regular season game however you want to define that it is post regular season playoffs so do we have post season and post post season I think we should just call it postseason stats instead of <laughs> playoff stats. And we just clear that up real easy. All right. Let's uh, let's
0: let's start with the East then. So uh, most of the bracket we are recording on Wednesday has been set up. The only thing that's not set up is the one versus eight, 76ers versus TBD. I, I'm comfortable saying whoever gets out of there, the 76ers win anyway. Let's just move on. Right. The first series I want to talk about is the Nets versus the
1: Celtics. All right. Who do you have? So it's real hard to defend the Celtics. Um, I think that they it took a miraculous effort in the play-in game for them to to win. They did pull away late, but the game was pretty close for the most part until and like
0: Russ played bad the entire time.
1: Right, Russ played bad. Bradley Bill had, did not look a hundred percent, or even nowhere He's near not, but, nowhere near it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's also missing Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think there's a high chance the Celtics win unless one of the net stars gets hurt. Another one. E- even if one of them was down, they got all three right now.
0: So even if one of them was down, that's a well that's a very tenuous three. Can I back can I back up a little bit? Yes. The first thing I want to ask you is all three net stars, are you taking a sweep? Gentlemen's. So five.
1: Yeah, I think five games. Okay.
0: Okay, I'm with you. We lose a star. Where? How many games do you think it goes? At least six.
1: Does it matter which one? Oh, I, you know, I think it does matter. I think it does matter. The star I don't think it matters for at all is Kyrie. Okay. It's definitely between KD and Harden. They have Harden did really miraculous things with his game once he got to Brooklyn. That made that team a whole lot better. That team with no KD and with Harden looked great. They were winning a ton of games. That team with Kyrie, KD, and no Harden was struggling a little bit. So if Harden gets hurt again he pulls that hammy again, they got trouble. All right. God forbid. I will just say that because, like, we ain't
0: wishing it on nobody. but it no, is no, a, no, It is an important variable that we should talk about.
1: But, it, it, like, I'm going back to when they first made the trade. I said, I want to see the Nets do it. Oh, okay. And to get through three rounds, four rounds of the playoffs, seven-game series, it's going to be tough sledding. I just don't know if they're going to get all the way there. And I think part of it is just going to be because of health. It's going to come down to health. Okay. I'm with you. I, I think i take the gentleman's sweep as well,
0: barring injuries Let's move on to what I think is probably going to be the second most competitive series in the first round in the East, but like probably the best
1: Bucks versus the Heat. So, this is where I think we're going to disagree. Oh, yes, Beeman. we are. I think the Bucks are a much improved team. Agreed. I said not to sell your stock on the Bucks, that they were tweaking things in the regular season to try to be a better playoff team. We are here one year later. And I think in this rematch, I don't know that the Heat have gotten better at all. And arguably, some of their younger players have had worse seasons uh, coming in than they did last year. Okay, I agree. And the Bucs arguably did improve quite a bit with some acquisitions and the way they play offense now with a little bit more spacing on the floor. And so I think the Bucs want this smoke. They want the rematch. And oh, they, yes. They want revenge. And so I have no problem picking the Bucs in, how many in six. Six. Okay, okay. I Everything you said is right. I think the first
0: thing you need to understand is that the Heat dealt with a lot of issues this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Like, they lost Jimmy in the beginning. Then they lost Tyler as well in the beginning. Then they lost Tyler again. Like, it, it's been in and out, up and down, a lot of different issues. But I am willing to say with the addition of Trevor Ariza and what he adds on the defensive end, and we already know, like, Iggy, etc. And just Spo being a really great coach and makes better adjustments than Coach Bud. I think if this goes six games, the Miami Heat win. I will say that. Like if it gets to a Game Seven, the Bucks will take it. I hundred percent believe that. Like Bucks at home Game Seven, I feel like they will close. But in six, the Miami Heat take this take this one. I, I'm willing to say that.
1: I'll also add this: I really do think last year when the Bucs lost, that Giannis was hurt. He was, and he I don't play he... every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a way, he was hurt way more than he would I think ever admit. Okay. Yeah. And I think it really had an impact on the series. And so I think a healthy Giannis, the additions they made this year, I'll take the Bucks.
0: Yeah. But that last series was non-competitive. No. So yeah. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. This is what I think is probably gonna be maybe the most competitive series here. It could go either way. It's a pick'em, but the Knicks versus the Atlanta Hawks.
1: Where do you how do you see this one breaking down? So I'm gonna go Hawks. Okay. Not quite sure how many. But the Ooh. longer it goes, the worse that is for New York. Here's why. Your favorite coach, Tibbs. Notorious. Notorious for lots of hard practices. Plays all of his starters long minutes. That's always been a criticism of Tibbs. And still,
0: to be fair, Julius Randle leaves the league in minutes. And
1: I'm pretty sure uh, another Knicks player second. Right. I think the Knicks are a the more tired team. And I think that matters for a lot in the playoffs. I think... There's rest in between games, but coming in, if the Atlanta Hawks get up on them, if Trey Young gets hot a couple times, and they get an early win, and they see the ball go in the bucket, that's going to be a problem for the Knicks. I think they have a good defense, but I think that against shooters, that takes away a lot lot of the things that you can do, especially someone who has the range like Trey Young. Their perimeter D is really good. It is really good, but when Young starts to stretch and warp your perimeter defense— which is what happens when he starts shooting those really deep threes, which he will do. He's not as good as, a, as Steph or Harden or Dame, but he will do it. He thinks he's as good as them, and that's all that matters in the playoffs. And when that happens, if he sees them go in early, they could win a game or two early and make this go seven. Like I said, the longer this goes, the more likely it, the Hawks are to win this series.
0: Okay. I'm willing to take the Knicks here. I just feel like, In the playoffs, defense is what wins. The adjustments are what wins. And I think that in combination with just the experienced veterans that were leaders on that Knicks team kind of can take them in the close games that happen. Like, Experience-wise, do you think any player on the Hawks can match up with D. Rose in the late game situation and knowing how to handle it when it's close? Experience-wise, no. Oh, I, I'm just saying the playoffs are the place where experience and defense generally win out, which is why I'm willing to take the. But Knicks.
1: D. Rose is the only player on the Knicks who who would, I would probably put in that category for the most part. Uh, so Taj Gibson is also
0: there, and they're they're. Ten years of playoff success actually overlap aggressively.
1: Well, y- yes, but I don't think if it's end of the game, the Knicks are putting the ball in Taj Gibson's hands. I think it's more likely to be Randall or Derrick Rose. But he's well, yes, he's a four. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I mean, agree. the question, but that's also about things like situational defense, yes. not making mistakes, etc. Like the mistakes are usually what cost you those close games, and I feel like the Hawks are due for more of those mistakes.
1: Even though you might think, just raw talent wise, they're the better team. Well, this is where the tired argument comes in. When you're tired, the Knicks will make more mistakes. They will be slower to rotate on defense. They will be slower to close out. Yeah, et cetera. I, I'm just
0: not super concerned about that right now. Okay, like they're they they they're getting a pretty large break right now, right before the playoffs start, right. And I agree, they'll play minutes. So I, I agree with you on the minutes thing and how the longer the, that can affect things. But I think that's usually a second round issue for teams that get run into the floor. Usually, except for Tibbs' teams. But we'll agree or disagree.
1: Tibbs is actually pretty good in the first round. But his teams are more, are worked harder over the course of the season, collectively the, the wear and, and tear. he's still
0: good in the first round.
1: Okay, we'll let's see. L- let's move on to the West. All right,
0: the first one I want to take here is a rematch of last year. Another another grudge match, the Mavericks versus the L.A. Clippers. All right, I- I'm going to be honest. I have the Clippers here this year, even though, and I have the Clippers in six. I don't think the Mavericks are going to get swept. I have the Clippers in six, particularly because, a I don't think the Mavericks can defend what the Clippers, like their two wings that come, come on, their two wings are bucket getters, bucket getters. And I just don't trust the Mavericks defense over a like series of games, at least from what I've seen this year. And more importantly, I just think we're going to see playoff Rondo again. He's like, we got to put in the plug. Look, the battery pack Rondo goes nuts. And he's going to help them close the games that they had trouble closing last year. Even though it felt like the Mavericks should have beat them last year if Kristoff Porzingis did not get hurt. And I have to say that.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking the Mavericks here. That was my number one argument. Uh, They likely beat them last year. The energy around the Clippers going into this year's playoffs is all off. It is all off. They essentially blew two games to avoid the L.A. Lakers. Until possibly the Western Conference Finals, and that's the wrong energy to have going into any series. Now, are the Mavs a good matchup for them? Yeah, they match up well against them. But I think between the Mavericks almost beating them last year and 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 should have won a couple more games in that series, um, and this year the Clippers' whole energy and tanking games to Houston, okay, and I don't. Wh- why do you think their
0: energy is off? Like, I understand why you think them tanking is a bad thing. Tyloo was just like, that's not what we're doing. But of that's what he's he says, supposed to yeah. say. But he was just like, look, a lot of our players aren't healthy. We're going into the playoffs. We're not going to play them. I do agree that they were tanking anyway, just by the other players that they let play, take big minutes and take big shots. I do agree with you that they were tanking. But just like, what makes you think that messes up the energy of the teams
1: that know that they are... Fighting for something larger. It's it's the idea that you're trying to avoid a team because maybe do you want to rest some of those guys? Sure, but maybe you let them play a few minutes and then you sit them. Not Kawhi. Kawhi's Ma- been
0: dealing with the new injury. Definitely Kawhi, not Kawhi. has been hurt. Yes, yes, Surge yes. Serge is
1: still hurt. But okay. Sure, but what they did was still pretty blatant and obvious. We are on the same it, page. In, in some cases, you're going to say, yeah, the player was hurt. The player's been naked, yada, yada, yada. But other players were not. And they lost two games to two of the worst teams in the league. OKC. Not doubting it. I agree that they right ranked. And the idea that they are avo- trying to avoid the Lakers. Like, why wouldn't you want the Lakers early when they're coming back off an of injury as opposed to, to later on? Maybe they want the Lakers at their best. Uh, look, oh! Cool, cool. You wanna you wanna win. Nuggets versus the Trailblazers. Uh I'll take the Nuggets. Uh good team. Trailblazers have looked okay as of late. Um not anything just like going in super, super hot at all. Dame was down late in the season shooting percentage wise um a little bit. And he came back. He he had a huge slump. He, a huge slump, yes. Huge slump, but he came back at the end. And so a little concerned about that. I have never seen the Blazers put it all together, really. Um, Like, And I said this. I want them to. like On a personal level, I'm rooting for those players in their career. I think I'd like to see uh, Dame, CJ, and Nurk do well and all be healthy for a playoff run. But I've never seen it before. Um, I've seen the Nuggets, even without 100% of their players, uh, play really well in the playoffs and go far. And so I'm just going to put more money on them in a seven-game series to win out. Uh, I, I get, uh, okay, so I'm not against that I think this series goes seven
0: and it the Portland Trailblazers take that last game. And the thing is the Portland Trailblazers have finally all got healthy and hot at the right time. Like they actually were hot the last like 10 games of the season. And I think it's just, we have not really seen a lot of healthy Dame, healthy CJ, healthy Nurk. Like we lost CJ at the beginning and then they lost Nurk. Then they got CJ back. Then Dame got nicked up. Now Dame is back. Nurk is back. CJ is back. They are all healthy like this. The team that you see in their current spot is us. It's just the parts of the team that will compete in the playoffs. And I think that they might surprise people and, It'll be kind of sad for our Jokic to win the MVP, but already be eliminated.
1: You know, I think that's, so I think Jokic is able to carry this team in a way that I'm not sure that the Portland core has figured out how to play together quite yet. Though they've been on that team together for a long time, they do not have a lot of games together on the court when all of them are healthy. I don't think that's true.
0: They don't have a lot of games in the last two years
1: with Nurk. Particularly yes. Particularly yes. NERC. Yes. That's the integral part. And that's always the part people have said if they had, they could have won some of these series in the past they've lost. And so I haven't seen them all play together. I don't know that they know how to put it all together in the playoffs when things slow down, when offense gets a little bit harder. And I just kind of trust Jokic to play his game. And and not to mention, he almost led the league in assists. Uh, by far had well, averaged like over nine assists a game. I think that's going to help elevate other people on the Nuggets and help them overcome the Trailblazers.
0: Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. The last two we don't really have the information for yet, but it's Suns and the Jazz versus you know the two be determined teams. I assume you are taking the Lakers over whichever two that they see. But yeah. I, I I assume. Now I want to ask you because I know you're pro Suns and you believe they are very good. If somehow the Lakers ended up playing the Suns, would you still take the Lakers? Mm. I'm asking good questions, ain't I? You are
1: asking a good question. No. You think the Suns could take the Lakers? I think the Lakers are vulnerable. Oh, look, I,
0: I, that I, fantastic nigga, that was <laughs>
1: great. Look at you. I think they are.
0: The, 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 the fly Let's get into the NFC East. All right, this is the first of our, you know, divisional segments. We're going to touch on each one. We've each went through the schedules and we want to give you our predictions for where the teams will be every year now because this is year 2 football season for us. We'll at the end of the season go back, check all of our uh, check all of our predictions and you'll get to see whether or not we were right or wrong. All right. I'm going to start with your Dallas Cowboys. Oh, it's
1: going to be a good year. That's what y'all say every year. (laughs) It's actually going to be a good year this year for a lot of different reasons. Okay. Looking at this division, uh, I think the Cowboys are going to win this division at 12 and five. Okay. Um, I have their five losses. You ready for this? All right. Let's hear it. I think they lose in week one at Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. I think they lose at uh, Minnesota in week eight. Okay. I had them losing that game too. I have them losing at Kansas City in week 11. Same. I have them losing at Washington in week 14 and at New York in week 15. You, wow. I think they lose a couple divisional games late, possibly due to an injury, perhaps. I don't know. That's after that Thanksgiving stretch. Um, But overall, finish strong. And go 12 and 5 and win the division and make the playoffs. I had y'all winning that Giants game. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna there's always a fluky loss in the division, right? I think the Washington team is really good. Agreed. I think they'll split just because they're good. I think the Giants will split not because they're good, but because they something fluky will happen. Uh someone from the Cowboys gets hurt or Saquon just goes off, or something like that always happens in divisional games. So that's where I'm at with the Cowboys. What do you got? All right, so I had you all going
0: eight and ten, maybe. Sorry, eight and nine, eight and nine. I had mm-hmm. you all going eight and nine, maybe nine and eight. But I, I had it eight and nine. I think you all are going to be better than last year by far, just by the you know health, health of it all. But I also thought you all would take a couple more L's on your schedule. Not because you all would be a bad team, but because I think these teams have things that kind of will trouble you and play into your weaknesses. I think you'll also take the L at the Chargers week two. And I think you all will start the season O2. I think the Chargers are a much, much improved team than they were from last year. And I I, I honestly expect that Justin
1: Herbert comes out the gate on fire. So the question I have, it sounds like you do not have the Cowboys winning this division. Mm-mm. Who do you have winning this division and what is their record? I have the Washington football team winning this division at 9-8. Oh, despite the fact that no team has won back-back in this division since 2004. Oh Yes. Okay. I think that this is a situation in which this team has gotten
0: significantly better. What about quarterback? Look, I get it. <laughs> Fitz magic is Fitz magic. He's also Fitz Tragic. But what I do know what I do know is that A, this Washington football defense is fantastic and will only get better this year. B that I think there are Overall offense has upgraded significantly. Just the wide receiver core that they have now was significantly better. They have two guys, like real guys on that receiving core now, still have a decent tight end, great running backs, and a bunch of them. And I think this is a team that will play pretty strongly, right? So some of the key, let's say, wins that I have them having, right? Because I don't think their schedule is. Really, all that hard, right? Like, I think they'll. What's up? I got a
1: question. Okay. I got a question. Okay. Based on what you said, and. Yes. I got some things. Yes. So, looking at who you have, Cowboys and football team wins and losses. Mm-hmm. If the Cowboys are eight and nine, and the football team is nine and eight, if there's a one game difference, the Cowboys win the tiebreakers based on how you have wins and losses. They play each other twice, I think they split. Right, right. I'm saying if there's any other NFC game that they both play, a common opponent that changes, yes. That is that you're wrong about, the Cowboys win the division. It's very possible that like if the Cowboys win one more
0: game than I thought, because I think the Cowboys would be eight and nine. I think the Washington football team would be nine and eight, right? They should just get it outright. But if the Cowboys win one more game than I think, then like yes. I, think I just the, want to establish that even with your calculations, it's one close. game difference. It's close. Yes. It's close. Okay. It's close. But like, I'm not saying that, like, I, I, I think you all are generally a pretty average team. Like last year is an aberration for you losing so many games, but generally you all are like an eight and eight type team.
1: So I, histor- historically, okay. you all are the average. Division. Let's get to the rest of the division. Okay. Uh, I think we would probably both agree on who's going to be in last. the eagles (laughs) the eagles okay fantastic uh so what do you have the giants finishing how many games did you have the eagles winning Uh, i have them winning about seven i
0: had them winning six okay i had them winning six i had them going six and eleven i don't think they're gonna do all that well i think the giants will actually be decent and i also think the giants are another team that might go like eight and nine
1: um yeah i think the giants if they put together their season the right way if i think my division breakdown would be cowboys win the division washington second new york third philadelphia fourth i think with the expanded uh, regular season and expanded playoffs there's a chance new york could slip in if they have a really good season as a no. second wild card but it's very unlikely yeah nfc probably nfc east probably gets one team maybe two i agree so uh yeah the
0: the the new york giants i think they'll do actually quite well they'll go 8 and 9. I think they'll start the season kind of rough and they will kind of hit their stride later on. That's something that we saw last year. Joe Judge seems to be actually quite good at coaching and what he what he was very good at is just like making adjustments and getting them better each and every single game and I feel like they might start slow but they'll end up being relatively good. I ha- I have them beating the Broncos in week 1, the Falcons in week 3, then taking about Three straight L's until they see the Panthers for another win. They also beat the Raiders, the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Eagles again. And they I think they will sneak the final win against Washington.
1: I'll say this, though. If it's tragic happens and Daniel Jones actually develops into a good quarterback, I have the Giants at second. I think that's, that's very difference. possible. I think that's very possible. Just I think the overall
0: team for the Washington football team is better. Yeah. And I currently trust Ron Rivera more than I trust Joe Judge, but that's not a knock on
1: Joe Judge. It's an experience, but yeah, we'll see. We won't know the results of this until New Year's, basically. So yeah. keep it locked. Remind us about this. when my Cowboys win the playoffs again? Hit us in the comments. Who do you think is going to win the NFC East?
2: It's a Playboy Affair.
0: All right. Welcome to the final segment of our show, the heart of our show, Ballers Bouquets. Too often in the media, people only want to focus on the negative and salacious things athletes do and never want to give them their credit where credit is due. Here, we like to make a change.
1: Right. And this week's Ballers Bouquet, we're going to be focusing on the Pittsburgh Steelers tight end, Vance McDonald. So as mentioned, uh, Vance McDonald plays tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pennsylvania. Uh, we were all impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic this past year, and Vance went out of his way partnering with Ben Roethlisberger to start a campaign um, with a one of their favorite nonprofit organizations called uh, Convoys of Hope. And they essentially raised over um, $100,000 for the goal was to have PPE food, and um, cleaning supplies for a 1,000 families. They end up raising well over $100,000 and helped over 3,000 families. They delivered over five truckloads of materials, et cetera. Uh, And that seems like it's a great deed, right? But of course, with our Ballers Bouquet recipients, there's always more. So um, in addition to his efforts during the COVID-19 pandemic, going back to 2018, um, he helped out his hometown of... uh, Winnie, Texas, when it came to the post-Hurricane Harvey recovery. Um, He again partnered uh, with this uh, charity organization and his own foundation and raised a ton of money uh, for his hometown to help uh, assist with disaster relief funds. Um, But of course, wait. There's more? There's more, as always. We have such uh, great recipients of the Ballers Bouquet. Uh, Vance McDonald also had a partnership with Convoy of Hope again in 2019. This time, once again in Pittsburgh to have a huddle for the holidays campaign. Now, this campaign, you know, huddle it sounds innocuous. Blah blah blah. No, this campaign was fantastic. It helped out over 500 families in need, offering them things like uh, healthcare services, haircuts, clothing, uh, uh, food, jo- uh, job services, resume building, etc. Um, this program was fantastic for over 500 families and other individuals who were able to come by and have all of this happen just before the holiday. Oh, and just gifts in general, because it's the ho- it was the holidays, so they had to make sure they did that. And you know, everyone, or at least people in Pittsburgh, knows what Vance McDonald does. I don't know if people in the around the NFL in general knows what he does, but even the owner of the Pittsburgh the Steelers, the venerable Art Rooney II. Um, when asked about Vance said, hey, it's exciting to see everybody come out to help in this community. I want to take my hat off to Vance McDonald, who was the impetus to get this started and partnering with the Convoy of Hope. It's a great night. Um, so even someone like Art Rooney II, who, of course, we know has done amazing things for the NFL, or at least tried to. Um, the Rooney Rule, for example, is named after uh, you know this guy. <laughs> this was his idea. Uh, If I'm right, in addition, he's also been a former ambassador to Ireland. Like, the owner of the Steelers has done some things in the world that actually are probably good, (laughs) Uh, unlike most other NFL owners. (laughs) And so uh, getting a recognition uh, from the owner by Vance is the ultimate recognition. But the team also nominated Vance uh, for their 2020 Walter Payton Man of the Year award. As a part of being nominated, he got even more attention and more money for Convoys of Hope, and so they'll be able to do lots of different campaigns in the future to help people um, in any way that they need. I think he's a great recipient, and that is this week's Baller's Bouquet. What's up?
2: What's, what's, what's up, playboy?
1: All right, that is it for episode 36 of the Fly
0: Route podcast. Wherever you're listening, if it's YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, go ahead hit the subscribe button, make sure you're tuned in so you never miss any of our episodes. We appreciate each and every single one
1: of you all, and we can't wait to see you all again next week. Watch the NBA playoffs. Let us know where we were right, where we were wrong. Catch us next Friday.